Biden's being a popular, What up, yo? It's November 11th, 2022. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Subscribe if you have not. And today we're doing mostly a uh, rubinreport.locals.com community Q&A. But then we just wanted to do like a general crazy stuff of the week that we didn't get to touch on. So we got plenty. And it, I warn you in advance, it includes AOC. It includes Whoopi Goldberg. It includes Joe Biden, it includes John Fetterman, and it includes MSNBC. So that's what we're doing today. Real quick, guys, let me talk to you about Moink Box and then we'll get to it. Uh, you know that 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese, and their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you find it in your grocery aisle every day. There's a better way. I'd like to tell you about Moink. That's moo plus oink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste and you can feel good knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes to chicken breasts to pork chops to salmon fillets and much more. Plus, you can cancel any time. My personal favorite is their filet mignon. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever had. And Ring Doorbell founder Jimmy Siminoff, Jamie Siminoff, jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Plus, they'll guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get a free, get free filet mignon for a year in every order. That's one of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time, spelled M-O-I-N-K, box.com slash Ruben. That's moinkbox.com slash Ruben. All right, let's just do a Friday end of the week, general insanity, listo stuff. Here is AOC. There is a major media outlet. There is a major news channel that is fueling political violence in this country. And we're acting like it's normal. It's not normal. Like I can tell you 110%, one of the largest sources of death threats that I get is Tucker Carlson. Wow. Every wow. time that dude puts my name in his mouth the next day. I mean, this is like what stochastic terrorism is. It's like this indirect, it's like when you, have, when you use a very large platform to turn up the temperature and target an individual until something happens. And then when something happens because it's indirect, you say, oh, I had nothing to do with that. Right. Tucker Carlson, mm -hmm. God forbid anything happens, he plays a massive role in political violence. Like, it comes on his doorstep, specifically. Let me be clear, AOC, and yes, I am very depressed that you won your re-election, and Tina Forte, who I interviewed, that, that awesome Italian mama should have replaced you, but okay, the people of the Bronx want something else, so be it. Uh, let me be clear, Tucker Carlson has never once called for violence on you or anyone else. Now that is in stark contrast to Democrats who have often called for violence and get in their face and make them nervous and show up at their houses. 
You guys get the litany of things that Democrats have done recently, including AOC herself. The point of protest is to make people uncomfortable. Those are her words. And yet when protesters show up at her events, uh, you know, she gets behind armed guards and the rest of it. Uh, the irony, of course, of really what she's saying there is that while she is blaming him for turning up the temperature, is she not turning up the temperature on him? If, if she is uh, forthright in her belief that he is saying mean things about her and under threat from her, well, as she addresses that and talks about him as, you know, in essence, a domestic terrorist and a, and a fire thrower and all of these things, well, what would happen if one of AOC's supporters went after Tucker Carlson? Would that be AOC's problem? Do you see the flaw in the logic there? But that is what they do over and over. And then, of course, what AOC also does is blame other people for the problems that uh, she and her party creates. Uh, here she is blaming police officers for rising crime. A lot of people think that crime is up when we actually see that shootings are down, mm -hmm. when we see that huge indicators on, on the most violent crime in New York City is down. Subway crime is up. But let's also note that subway crime is up after they committed so many more officers to the subway system. So that also tells us from a policy perspective, adding more cops to the subway isn't solving this problem. Mm -hmm. So there are other things that can solve this problem. It's just so incredible. Guys, just go to New York City if you dare and see if you feel safe the way you might have when Rudy Giuliani was mayor. Uh, also, she's not, of course, commenting on the fact that murder is way up and we know that. The problem is not more police. The problem is that people like you defunded the police. You handicapped law enforcement to be able to do anything to stop crime. And then you guys go after them and demonize them all the time. So then we have this massive amount of police officers in New York City, and I know several of them personally, who retire early. They take early retirement because they don't want to be involved anymore. They don't want to get crushed and be splattered all over the news and not defended by their mayor and everything else. And then you get a new crop of people who are less qualified on the way in because fewer and fewer people want those jobs. This, this is on you, sister. It's on you. But okay, so AOC. Dave, why are you giving me bad news? Why are you showing me AOC on a Friday? Give me some good news, Dave. Well, how about this one? Uh, Whoopi Goldberg's leaving Twitter. So it has been a little over a week since Elon Musk took over Twitter and the place is a, it's a mess. He's already called back some of the workforce. He fired a few days ago. He's putting his $8 charge for blue check verification on hold. First, it was going to be $20. Now it's going to be $8. He also suspended Kathy Griffin for impersonating him on a parody account, uh. which has started a free Kathy hashtag to Trent. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm getting off. I'm yeah. getting off today because I just feel like, you know, it's, it's so messy. Yeah. And I, I, I'm tired of now having had certain kinds of attitudes blocked and now they're back on. Yeah. And I just, I'm going to get out. And if it settles down and I feel more comfortable, yeah. maybe I'll come back. But as of tonight, I'm done with <laughs> There's so much here. So first off, I found out during the clip, uh, Whoopi is worth approximately $60 million. So let's go on the assumption that she can afford the $8 or the $20. It's eight, but I'm going to go on the assumption she can afford it. That's one thing. Uh, but now what she's really upset by was what she said at the end. There were certain types of attitudes that were blocked 
before, and now they're back. There are people literally on Twitter right now who believe things that Whoopi Goldberg does not believe. She can't be on a platform with those people. She's on The View only with people who, with, who agree with her all day long. It's so incredible. You know, I always talk about that thin veer of, uh, veneer of tolerance that progressives have. Like, they seem tolerant, and then you peel this thing off, and then it's just sort of this crazy, hysterical, angry lunatic. It's like, that is what Whoopi is, and it's unfortunate she was a great actress, right? When she was in Ghost. Molly, you in danger, girl. I remember I saw it in the movie theaters. I loved it. Sister Act. Sister Act 2. I've done this before. What else has she been in? She was in uh, Soap Dish. Come on, give me, a, give me a Whoopi Goldberg movie. She was in, help me here, guys. What else was she in? She was in uh, The Color Purple. I'm doing this off the top of my head. She was in, uh, did they do a Sister Act 3? Which one? She was in The Little Rascals. Thank you, Phoenix. All right. The point is, she was a decent actress, and now she's just because these people. So this idea of now there's voices on there that were booted that are back. It's like, so you were okay censoring people. Do you not see that makes you the bad guy? And speaking of bad guys, Joe Biden got asked. They invite, I mean, this is so incredible. They invited a bunch of TikTok influencers, that that's a thing. They invited a bunch of TikTok influencers. Oh, and I should tell you guys, I am not on TikTok. I'm sure I'm being impersonated on TikTok. I am not on TikTok. I will never get on TikTok. I've had a million offers for a lot of money to get on TikTok and do all sorts of stuff on TikTok. It is, it is a weapon of the Chinese government that uses our data against us. It steals Americans' data. It also shows American children all of this crazy gender stuff and woke nonsense. While in China, if you're on TikTok, it shows kids how to do math and it shows them all sorts of interesting things about engineering and science and more. It is, it is infiltrating our country. So anyway, I'm not gonna get on there, but a bunch of TikTok influencers were invited to the White House and uh, started asking Joe Biden some very important questions like, uh, could we silence Elon Musk? Um Mr. President, do you think Elon Musk is a threat to U.S. national security? And should the U.S. and with the tools you have investigate his joint acquisition of Twitter with foreign governments, which include the Saudis? <laughs> I think that Elon Musk's cooperation and or technical relationships with other countries uh, is worthy of being looked at. Whether or not he is doing anything inappropriate, I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that it's worth, worth being looked at. Um, and uh, um, and uh, but that's all I'll say. There's a lot of ways. Uh, all right. All right. So let's put aside the uh, the stammering and the slurring and the and that, all that. Let's put that aside for a second. Um, he doesn't know that Elon's up to no good, but we should look into it. You know, I'm pretty sure one thing they can do when they start looking is find something. They'll always find a way to find something. It's odd because I don't think he was very interested in the United States government looking into uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. 
uh, and any of Hunter Biden's business dealings with Ukrainian energy companies. That was not something that was worthy of government looking into. Now you've got a guy that's fighting for free speech. The same guy who's sending us to Mars said, hey, I'm gonna also solve some problems down here. I'm gonna open up the major communications platform on earth, Twitter, to more and more people. I'm gonna let more and more things be said, okay? Uh, and now we should look into him. What's also interesting about that is Joe Biden does not get any questions off the cuff. So they planted that TikTok influencer and they gave him that question, just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but speaking of ridiculous, boy, the segues are writing themselves today. Uh, MSNBC this week, after John Fetterman beat Dr. Oz, may God have mercy on Pennsylvanian souls, uh, they actually had a panel discussing whether John Fetterman might be up to being president in 2024. Fetterman as a nominee at some point for president. Um, I know there's some variables, obviously. <laughs> but just a few. Just a few. But I just, you know, it, it, what he did in the, in the super red, deep red parts of Pennsylvania and the way that he ran ahead of Biden, as you were saying, ran ahead of Trump. I mean, it just makes, it makes you wonder about his future. That woman, her name is Katie Turr, I believe, should have been removed from the room during live television. They should have put her in a straight jacket and just outright removed her. Sorry, lady. Even for this network, that is a bit much. The fact that they sat there and discussed that is completely insane. You know, you could tell they were sort of laughing through it. But the fact that this guy is even in Senate is, is just nuts. Katie Turr should just be removed and taken away. All right, let's move on though to the rubenreport.locals.com community Q&A. But before I get to it, let me talk to you about real estate agents I trust. You guys know already that buying or selling a home is one of the most stressful things you can do and it can be way worse if you're not working with the right agent. Usually our homes are our biggest investment, which is a ton of responsibility and you need an agent who takes that seriously, which is why I recommend real estate agents I trust. They work with only the best agents in every market. They do their homework talking to every agent before inviting them to join their network. And here's a big one. They only work with full-time pros, no part-time or inexperienced agents. Their team makes the introduction and then follows you through the buying or selling process to make sure that you're satisfied. The agents they work with have long track records, are the best sellers in their field. And even under these intense economic conditions with high interest rates and high inflation, Real Estate Agents I Trust has provided their customers with agents who've overcome these challenges in the past. They're part of this audience, they share your values, and they're almost anywhere you wanna go. Just head on over to realestateagentsitrust.com, give them some basic info, their team will contact you, and if you live in a blue state, you move to a red state and you live happily ever after. All right, rubenreport.locals.com, community Q&A. Catherine says, which of your poor staff do you make watch the view for the outtakes you make us watch? This is a great question. I like this sort of insider question. And it's an interesting answer because the way we do the show in the morning is uh, every morning, Phoenix and I, uh, very early, we go back and forth on all the clips. So I'm sending him stuff throughout the day. He gets, how many emails do you get from me on an average day? Probably, probably about 30, 40 emails. He whittles them down a little bit. We bounce back and forth. He helps me sort of map everything out. So he has to watch. So I've watched the clips to start because I sent it to him. Then this poor schmuck has to watch him himself. And then he has to send it to this guy, Connor over here, who how many times do you have to watch him? Because you got to get him into the system. You got to cut him and trim him and too many. Too, we all watch them. It's horrible. Help. 
Lazy Broad says, how do we help Herschel Walker win his runoff? Is money the only answer? Will the RNC get behind him? It's a great question. Look, so they're going to runoff with Raphael Warnock. Uh, it was within 1% or whatever it might be. It's on December 6th. Look, if you live in Georgia, just vote, just vote. What a, what a nice little extra defense this would be, regardless of which way the Senate is going right now. If we can just get one more Republican in there, not that they have to do much and they'll constantly be fighting with the administration and everything else, but just get Herschel in there just so that they can maybe slow down the train to crazy town that Joe Biden has this country on. So what can you do? I think really, I mean, I guess you can donate money. I don't love the idea of people from out of state donating to state races. Like it doesn't feel, I, I hate that when all of these people who don't live in certain places bounce around and show up in other places. Like you don't live there, but I understand politics is a seriously dirty game. So of course, you know, there's probably some money that can be done. Talk to your friends in Georgia, take a vacation to Georgia on December 6th so you can make sure that all of your friends are gonna get out there and vote. Florida man, Chuck, I like that Florida man, uh, says given the election results, are you still as optimistic about the direction of the country or do you think things will keep moving in the wrong direction? Well, look, as I explained on the show yesterday, I am, I am unbelievably uh, bullish and thrilled and excited about the future in Florida. And I think that future will be mapped more and more in solidly red places. So Texas, you're gonna be just fine. Tennessee, you're gonna be just fine. There are other places, obviously. There, and then there's the usual places. I think Kentucky and Alabama, whatever. Okay, you're gonna be just fine. Like the, not to say these places don't have their own set of problems and everybody could always do better. But the basic set of like, are we Americans? Do we believe in law and order that this place is decent? That's good. That's good and strong here. The national level is messy. Like now, you know, Biden, even if the Republicans end up with the Senate and the House, like Biden is here for two more years. They can still do all sorts of damage for two years. We've exported so much of the power to the presidency when he really was just supposed to sign things into laws and give us some speeches to, to make this thing an aspirational movement, make America a, an idea and, and, you know, let that idea burst forth. He was supposed to be the grand communicator for that. He wasn't supposed to be the guy that set all the policy. So I think the country as a whole right now is, is still in trouble, right? I think there was really, look, it was gonna be in trouble no matter what, even if the Republicans had crushed, so we get the red wave, it wouldn't have stopped all the stuff, right? I mean, watch my videos from last week. That's what I was saying. It's not like the woke were just gonna stop, but I think it would have been enough of a bulwark for a whole bunch of us in all sorts of different states to say, wow, we've really pushed back they might've had to have readjusted a little bit and it would have given us a little runway to, uh, to start fixing things. I think it really depends on where you live. And since you're a Florida man, you're gonna be just fine. Uh, Vinyl says, hi Dave, is democracy dying in darkness in California? Lights were out at the Young Turks studios. <laughs> Look, many of you know I used to be on the Young Turks. I'm not proud of it, it is what it is. Uh, the jank over there is just a nutbag. They, they rail on me all the time. I don't pay any attention to it. I don't, it doesn't matter. I don't talk about them, but I did see that on election night, they're in Los Angeles. Apparently the power went out at their studio and it's like, man, you morons voted in for this stuff. You love the Dems, you love the progressives, you're in a progressive city and now you can't turn on the electricity. Good luck with all of that. Robin says, DeSantis or Trump 2024, I think Trump is actually hurting us now. His policies are perfect, but his ego is not. 2024 should not be this close. 
with the state of our country, it should have been a tsunami. His comments on DeSantis and pretty much announcing his run, I believe, turned lots of independents and suburban women away. I can't disagree with that. Look, I voted for Donald Trump. I have met Donald Trump. I like Donald Trump. I think that what he did in 2016 to fight the woke before we even really knew what it was and to fight the deep state and all of the stuff, we needed it. He, he became a hero, a, a very villainized hero, but he became a hero to those of us who love America. Nobody's time is forever though. And it does seem like the mantle should be to, uh, passed to DeSantis at this point. That said, as I keep saying, I don't know if DeSantis even wants to do it. He loves this freaking state. So one thing at a time, he just won re-election here. However, I will tell you this. When pe I mean, people bring this up to me everywhere I go. I go out to the supermarket. People ask me about Trump and DeSantis now. It's like, they have to figure it out. Not only do they have to figure it out, but Trump has such a unique opportunity here. If you were to look at Trump's story, all of the things he has done, how he was loved by the media his whole life and Celebrity Apprentice and on every TV show and Oprah asking him to run for president and on The Tonight Show and all, he was loved. And then he was hated and he was Hitler. And then he loses the election. And then this new guy comes who's younger, who's a family man, who, who it's just a little bit cleaner and clearer with him, who's done incredible stuff in the great state of Florida, which by the way, happens to be the very state that Donald Trump now lives in, right? He used to spend most of his, he's had Mar-a-Lago forever down here, but he used to spend most of his time up in New York, obviously, but now he lives here and he, he's happy to be here in part because of DeSantis. What a great hero's journey he could go on. If right at this moment, if they could sit down, they work it out, and then he says, Ron, I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna help you out because I love this country and not everything is about me. And I'll run rallies, I'll take the hits from the media, I will block as you run right through the middle, and then we restore this freaking thing. I think that's such a beautiful message. Is it within him? I mean, basically everyone says no, but the guy is known to surprise people. I think there's a chance, I, I think there's a chance. I hope there's a chance. Naomi says, for the corporate media to hate Trump so much, they sure give him a lot of airtime and attention. Do you think if they would just ignore him that he would slowly fade away from American politics? I mean, it's a little bit of a follow-up to the previous question, but it is interesting. There's a love-hate thing there with him. Do the people at CNN really hate Donald Trump or they love him? When Donald Trump's in the picture, when something's going on with Donald Trump, whether it's a raid at Mar-a-Lago or whether it is him fighting with someone on Twitter in the old days or whatever's going on now, uh, they get ratings. So there is a love-hate thing there. You may hate him, you may fear him, you may think he's Hitler, but you kind of dig him because he's getting you some scratch, right? That's kind of how it is with these people. Um, I don't think that they should act, look, I would prefer that we have an objective media. So I don't think you, you go out of your way to ignore people uh, in, the, in the effort to silence them. But if he has something interesting to say and, and uh, if he's involved in certain races and there's a reason to talk about him, then you do. But you don't endlessly focus on him. I mean, try to imagine the amount of time. I don't know what the numbers are on this. I'm sure some media watchdog has checked. But if you were to check the amount of time that even today, right, in November of 2022, when Trump's been out of office now for two plus years, uh, if you were to actually look at the numbers and see how much time a day do the, does CNN and MSNBC spend talking about Donald Trump versus how much time a day do they spend talking about Joe Biden and how much of each of their coverage is positive or negative, it would be really interesting. 
You have to remember, CNN, you like to think they're a news organization, but they're a television channel that needs to get views to make money. That's really what is going on over there. Uh, Sweetwater says, do you have a hobby that you only enjoy with certain people or in certain places? Hmm. Do I have a hobby that I only enjoy with certain people or certain places? I don't know what you're really getting. A secret hobby? Um, well, I've really been into cooking lately. You know, David's spending so much time with the kids and like right now, he's got, he's bouncing babies. I, I, I'm up here talking to you people. He's got kids, there's pee and poop and all that stuff. Spit up, Justin's spitting up now. You know, his babies don't really spit up that much right at the beginning. Then you get them a couple months in, they start drooling a lot more. That's the thing, I didn't know that. Um, but because of that, David's cooking where he used to spend so much time in the kitchen and I've been blessed to eat a lot of great meals over the last 12 years. Uh, I've been doing a lot more of the cooking lately. So whether it's, uh, whether it's smoking meat or uh, I'm doing some awesome roasted chickens lately in the, in the cast iron, put some potatoes and some veggies around them. Um, that's been my main hobby. That's really, I don't really have a, I'm playing basketball again. That's nice. I play basketball on Tuesday nights. Uh, so I'm running around again and uh, I talk to you two sometimes about stuff. <laughs> So that's pretty much it. Uh, Tessa says, what can be done about the stranglehold Democrat activists have over the media? Uh, well, something actually great is happening. This is a little insider baseball Twitter stuff. Uh, and I often say to you guys, you know, I talk about Twitter a lot and it's important to talk about and Elon's doing a great job. But if you're not on there, don't feel like you have to get on there. You're probably happier for it. But one thing that's super interesting that will eliminate some of the stranglehold is, uh, as you know, we've covered it a bit, Twitter is now allowing anyone to get that blue check, that verification check for $8 a month. So previously it was people that were public people, worked at media organizations, were famous actors, et cetera, et cetera. But it was somewhat arbitrary in who got it. It, it took me a long time to get it. If you worked with a big organization, you could get it. If it was much easier for lefties to get it than conservatives, all that stuff. But one thing that that really did to dysregulate everything with the media, was that if you worked at Daily Beast or HuffPo or Vice, any of these craptastic places of journalism, you would get a blue check. Now you might only have 2000 followers and virtually no influence, but then once you had the blue check, it seemed that you were more legit on Twitter. There was a way that you could filter things where you'd only see the blue check people. So suddenly, so for example, I would be getting hit pieces written about me by these basically these like alcoholic losers who work at Daily Beast or HuffPo who have no followers, but because they have blue checks, they get their other little blue check friends to push these articles out. And it seems like someone's reading these things. Now that anyone can have a blue check, if you've got $8 a month, their value has just decreased. So the value, I suppose, of my blue check has decreased, but that's okay. I've got, I've got a bunch of followers on there, whatever. Twitter is not real life anyway. And I, I don't even communicate I only do one-way communication on Twitter. I don't respond to people there. That's what I have locals for. That's where I get to know people. Um, but the point is, by now having anyone be able to get that blue check, it actually, the, the layer of journalists that got it, got the undeserved prestige. That's what it is. That it provided, they will just be like everybody else. And there is nothing that a journalist hates more than being treated like a regular person. Grace says, now that there was no red wave, uh, do you think that there will be another push for vaccine mandates? Good God. Well, let's say this. I don't think it's coming, you know, in the next week or so, uh, but there is no doubt that COVID or monkeypox or COVID-6 or monkey COVID or COVID monkey or whatever 
is coming or whether it will be climate lockdowns or some other weirdo thing. And the, the governors, just imagine if you're Kathy Hochul, you did all of this evil, evil shit. And then people voted you in for the first time actually, because she was not voted in uh, last time. Obviously she stepped in after they got rid of Cuomo. If you're Gretchen Whitmer, you did some of the worst draconian stuff and the people said, hey, could you do that again to us? Could you lock us home again? Put us in masks, inject my kids with some shit. Oh, and it doesn't even work, but we could get a sixth injection, okay. So they've been empowered and emboldened to, by their own people to do more of the horrible stuff. So yes, I suspect that the things will come back. And guess what? They won't come back in red states. Na 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 na. Uh, Devin says, Dave, what was the most shocking and unexpected part of this election to you? And what's your biggest takeaway and lesson? Well, I would say in, in the broad sense, although I was warning you can't count the chickens before you hatch, I really did think that there were gonna be some bigger red wins. Now, as I'm taping this at this very moment, um, because we are taping this on Thursday, this is a pre-tape, even though it seems live to you right now, we are taping a little bit early because we had some other stuff we had to take care of today. Uh, the Arizona situation has not been resolved. So Arizona still is not resolved and, and Nevada is still not resolved. And you gotta remember, we have this runoff as we talked about earlier in Georgia. So the red wave in effect, it might just be a delayed red wave because if all of those things go red, then we basically got a red wave, right? We get, there are three more senators. You got the, another governor and there you go. Pennsylvania still turned out to be really wacky and okay, so be it. Um, so I did expect a little bit more of a red wave, but is what it is. Um, I would say, I, I guess it's what I said yesterday, you know, coming to the realization that a certain amount of people, no matter what you say, they just want more. I don't know if it's that they don't pay attention. They don't understand what their God-given ability is, not just the God-given rights, but their God-given ability to have autonomy over their life. They don't understand it or they're afraid of it. They're afraid of grabbing life by the balls and going and getting something. They would rather just be these automatons that exist in a world of video games and Uber Eats and porn and whatever else. And it's like, we gotta get past that. A certain amount of people don't wanna be helped. You know what I mean? They wanna be helped by the, helped by the government, but they don't wanna be helped in the true meaning of help, which is help yourself, help yourself and then figure it out. So we do have to figure out what that is. You know, what, is that, what does that really mean? 50%. 50.8% of the people that voted, voted for John Fetterman, 46% voted for Dr. Oz. That 50% thought he was competent and ready to be Senator. And they wanna send him out there to have more power over their lives. Like that's crazy, but we have to come to grips with that is reality for a certain set of people. Uh, Caesar says, what skills have you picked up after living in Florida? Seems like Florida man needs to be able to back a trailer with a boat down a launch ramp. I don't have a trailer yet and we don't have a boat yet. I would love to get a boat at some point. We don't live on the water. Uh, obviously you can have a boat and not live on the water and they, they got a, you get a dinghy. Uh, so we're a, we're, I would love to get a boat at some point. Also, everything's just crazy expensive right now because you can't even get stuff. And you know, because of the supply chain, which still is having all sorts of problems and to buy used boats are now more expensive in many cases than new boats because at least you can get the new boat. So people are willing to pay the premium because you can get it immediately. Um, what skills have I learned? Um, I've, gotten, I've gotten pretty good at uh, spotting iguanas. Iguanas often are somewhere lost in the trees, but I could just be sitting outside and I can spot iguanas. 
over there, 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 they're everywhere. I can get through the camouflage and I can spot iguanas. Rivy says, do you think the race was, is so tight, not a red tsunami like some predicted, because so many young voters turning up and voting uh, that have been brainwashed through the education system for the past six years. So that is one of the memes that's coming out now that a lot of young people did vote and that their default position, that factory setting position is Democrat. You know, unfortunately, they think that Democrat means good and nice and Republican means, uh, you know, mean and cares about money or something like that. And we got to break this thing. Um, I think there's probably some element of that. You know, it's, it's also fueled, obviously, by algorithms and what people are seeing on TikTok and all of these other things. So we have to just make it so that young people understand what freedom is. I can tell you, when I go to colleges and I do a lot of stuff with, with Turning Point or uh, some of these other organizations, like, there are a lot of young people who really do get it. There really are, but there are social pressures. There are social pressures which keep a lot of them closeted in their political beliefs or not really fighting for what they want, et cetera, et cetera. Look, there are social pressures that will literally have a, a, a wash of young girls trying to be young boys, right? Like the trans thing exploded and Abigail Schreier wrote a, a wonderful book about this and the evidence bears it out, that it's not that there's suddenly 800% more trans people, genuinely trans people than there ever were before. It's that social pressures make young people do things. So we have to change we have to flip the script so that the social pressure on young people is, you should think freedom is cool. I, I don't know how you do that. I don't, you know, these institutions are rotted. They're being taught by really bad professors and, and bad administrators with the wrong ideas. How do you do that over time? Well, maybe you get your kids out of school. You hopefully do most of the teaching of values at home and, and then you go from there. Uh, Jesse says, how much do you think red voters fleeing blue states affected the election results? So this was a big one that I heard, that because there was such a population transfer, because so many, we know over 300,000 new people moved to Florida as one example, but we know tons of people moved to Tennessee. We know tons of people moved to Texas. Uh, there were no red people fleeing to go to blue states. There's just no instances of that. Did that affect this election? Well, I think for one thing, in one case, yes, right? So for sure it helped the margin of victory in the red states. There is simply no doubt, and I'm sure we'll get evidence of this over the coming weeks, that the red people, let's say, who moved to Florida, my two companies alone, at least a dozen people, like, okay, it's a dozen people, but it's just indicative of something, right? Uh, that, that, that helped the margin of victory for DeSantis. That's one version. The question is, did all of those people moving, uh, did that affect the outcome in the blue states? My guess is actually no, and, and hear me out on this one. I think, because if you think about it, the states that lost the most people were New York and California. I didn't even know until about two weeks ago, New York actually lost more people than California. But the thing is, uh, California was going to go blue no matter what, right? So they lost these red people, but the, the couple hundred thousand that maybe would have voted red, and even if you throw in an extra couple hundred thousand, you double the amount of people that left, it's like that still doesn't cover the margin. And even new, in New York, where Zeldin did an incredible job, incredible job. And he's a name we should all know and be thankful for. He really tried to do this thing. Uh, it's not that enough people, had they just stayed, it would have put him over the edge. So that's kind of where we're at with that. Uh, Mark says, what cartoons do you plan on showing the wee ones? I haven't seen Looney Tunes in years and I don't know if they've been canceled, but I loved them as a kid. I loved, like you give me old school Looney Tunes. Uh, or you even give me Tiny Toons. I, you know, Tiny Toons was a little bit behind me, but it came out, I don't know, must've been in like the mid nineties or something. So I was 
15 already. Uh, but the old school Looney Tunes, Foghorn, Leghorn, who I did an impersonation of last week. I thought, I said, I said, it was pretty good. Uh, you give me um, Marvin Martian, obviously the Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig, Daffy Duck. I always loved Daffy Duck. I always loved Daffy Duck. You ever see Daffy Duck's Fantastic Island? What a great, absolutely great movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, so we'll do some Looney Tunes. I can't wait to, you know, when they're a little bit older and I can show them, you know, my childhood stuff. Like, you know, when I can show them, you know, 1984 G.I. Joe, 1985 Transformers. You know, and then I can just hide away the new Transformers from them. You don't need to see the Michael Bay crap. We're sticking with Hasbro, 1985. You've got the touch, Transformers. If you got that reference, I love you. Uh, all right, guys. Have a great weekend, everybody. As always, if you want to play along, uh, rubenreport.locals.com. My interview with Michael Shermer is all over the place. And we leave you with what I think was the most inspiring moment of the entire week, and uh, in case you didn't know, one of the many reasons I am proud to be a Floridian. We have embraced freedom. We have maintained law and order. We have protected the rights of parents, and we reject woke ideology. We fight the woke in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.